Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. We're excited again today for Greg and myself to welcome Debbie Laser, our director here at Faithful and True, to the podcast. And uh, Greg, what have you got in mind for Deb today? Well, one of the things that we've been doing as a staff over the last couple of months is just wanting to get clear about the direction that we want to continue to go in and how we want to do that in the most effective way. And a natural outflow of those conversations was just to reaffirming and um, clarifying the the values that we have as an organization. And so today we want to just take a moment and just have a conversation uh, about those values and what we're discovering and and who we want to be um, as people and as an organization as we serve men and women um, who have been impacted and struggling with the, the issue of sexual addiction. So Deb, and we are very glad that you are here to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, thanks. I, it's so important to start mm-hmm. here when we're when we're building anything. And of course, we've been building here for mm-hmm. many, many years. But it, it helps when we're kind of reevaluating in all of us as a group to just uh, remind ourselves again of what what is really driving our work here. Mm-hmm. Why do we all feel called to do that? And how how will we go about that and be intentional? <laughs> and I, I think that's a great point. It's not like for the first time we're discovering values. It's simply that we want to re-engage the conversation again so that we can have a, a clear sense of the direction moving forward. Um, so these aren't new values. Maybe the language would be new or even the way that we're understanding them may be new or fresh. But the value itself is something that's been present from the very beginning of Faithful and True. Mm-hmm. That, that would be very true. And I think one of the things I'm loving about what we're doing is um, meeting regularly now as a whole group mm-hmm. um, and, and discussing these together and, and you know, using terminology that's um, familiar with all of us so that as we move forward, we know that we're not just in a place where we're individually going into our rooms and helping people, mm-hmm. but we really know <clears throat> at the core of who we are, uh, why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is that idea of this unifying, uh, unifying principle. And um, I was talking to someone the other day that's a part of an organization. And basically what he said is each person is doing good things, and yet they don't understand how their good things are contributing to the greater good. And so we just want to be clear about, um, as a team moving forward, how each of our contributions matter and what it is that we're doing. And like you were saying, that these values are a unifying principle for us. They're, they're just a part of what we want to do and how we want to be as an organization. So the first one that we've talked about, and it does make sense, is that um, we value people. And we've talked about that in a variety of different ways. Um, another way to say it is we value the individual and it makes sense, given what we do, that we value people and individuals. Why do you suppose it's important for us just to name that and, and be clear about that? Well, I think what can be true is when, when people are in pain about things in their life, for any of us, we don't always look our best or sound mm-hmm. our best. We can do and say hurtful things. And I think it's really important for us to know that about the individuals that come in our front door, mm-hmm. that um, you know God loves them at the core of who they are, and we also know that they are good people mm-hmm. at the core of who they are, and that, that maybe some of the things that are getting expressed or how they're doing that don't, don't speak about that truth, mm-hmm. but speak more about the pain in their life. And so I think it's just really important to to love these people when they come in for exactly who they are. Right. And and I do think that um, being able to be with someone in their pain is an amazing gift. 
And most of us um, have been exposed to this idea of putting our best foot forward or um, doing some sort of image management. I know that was certainly a part of my story. And I always felt that it was my responsibility to be my best self in sometimes a performance way when I was around others. So to create a space where people get to be where they are, like you said, in their pain, in their chaos, and, and maybe not in their best expression of themselves, and still be welcomed and safe, I think is a huge gift that we're able to um, give to the people who come to Faithful and True. Yeah, I think for the most part, you know, when we don't show up with our best behaviors, uh, people leave us. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly been the case in a lot of the stories for those that we work with here. And, you know, I would like to think that we can stay with people Mm -hmm. when it gets hard for them so that we can encourage them, as you were saying, just to be authentic. And they don't need to bring their best self always. They can just bring what's really real for them. And and we have a lot of people saying that and in our groups and mm-hmm. so it's just so wonderful to be able to come in here and be messy at times and say things inappropriate at times mm-hmm. and people don't walk out the door, you right. know, that we hang in there and we know it's about them in, in a lot of pain. Well, and, and with that, you know, with the, the theological principle that there's nothing that we can do that will separate us from God's love. And for a lot of the people who first come in the doors and to the workshops or to a, an appointment, one of the things that they may be struggling with is what they've done is so bad that they are now separated, not just from everyone in their life, but also from God. And in some ways, we can be that embodied presence of Christ that um, we can remind them that there is nothing that is so great that defines them and keeps them from being um, available to God's love and God's presence. I I find really for both men and women Mm -hmm. that come here that that is a core issue that actually at some level everyone is working on, Mm -hmm. you know, believing that they really are the beloved son or daughter of God and that um, there is nothing they could do that would turn away his love for them Mm -hmm. and that they are fully acceptable and blessed just as who they are. I I don't know that any of us have 100% um, (laughs) of that work done in our life. And so, yeah, as you said, I, I continue to hope that we can be a little bit of Jesus with skin on here for those folks that mm-hmm. we're working with on a regular basis. Uh, along the way, as we've talked about um, valuing people, we've also had that conversation that we value individuals. And what do you suppose is the significance of identifying that the individuals matter? Well, I think for one thing, um, I think about it's it's important just to know that there's no one right way for everybody to do mm-hmm. everything in the same way because individuals are unique and our situations are a little bit different and what's going to impact us and help us in our life may be different than the other person. And I think it's really important for us to stay focused on an individual process for each mm-hmm. person. The timing may be different. The kinds of things we recommend they work on may be different. And while we have a general idea of where we're going, I think it's still important to always have that individual aspect when when we're working. Absolutely. It is that idea that someone's story and their pain and their needs are unique to them and, and they are individual. And so for us to, like you said, have this greater vision and direction of what it is that we want to do to support, we also want to be attentive to those specifics, those unique parts of who they are. Um, my my desire that even if a man comes to a workshop and he's surrounded by other men and he's having the same experience, that in some way while he is here, that someone hears his story and responds to it 
um, in, a, in a very unique way, validating his own experience and his own story. Mm-hmm. So listening very careful for what that uniqueness is, is mm-hmm. I think one of the things we're called to do as we work with individuals here. And, and frankly, I love that as part of my work, mm-hmm. that everyone is a little bit different, and which is why I keep learning with every new client that comes in mm-hmm. the door that I have the privilege to working with. And I learn something new from them about their process and what's right for them. And it continues to um, remind me of not making a lot of generalizations mm-hmm. about this process. And we need to be real careful about uh, looking at the uniqueness of each, each individual. Mm-hmm. We've, all, we've all had that um, experience where the garment said one size fits all, and the reality is it didn't. <laughs> right. I hate it when it's tight. <laughs> yeah. and then one size fits all, and it's so, tight. So we... It's not true with garments, uh-huh. and so it absolutely isn't true with um, care and compassion, that there mm-hmm. is this individual component that is a part of that. Um, something else that we've talked about that we value are relationships, and that um, we value people in relationships. And um, what, what is significant about the fact that we, we want to just say that relationships matter? Well, I do think it it's um, biblical that God didn't want us to be alone, and obviously... Uh, valued relationships himself. And I think one of the things that I'm aware of is that it's in relationship where we really get to practice our character Mm -hmm. and life, Mm -hmm. whether it's in friendships or in our work relationships or in our family or with our spouse, that it's going to be the place where we really get to practice all of these these characteristics about ourselves that hopefully we're working on to become the person God calls us to be. Mm-hmm. So we could say, for instance, well, I'm a really safe person. Um, and then we get into a relationship and we get triggered by something and all of a sudden we find ourselves yelling or mm-hmm. hitting or you know, saying really awful things to someone. And it's like, well, maybe when I'm in the relationship, though, I'm not quite as safe as I thought I was right. when I'm sitting at home reading a book in front of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, it gives us a great chance to see really where we are in terms of our growth, I mm-hmm. think. When, one of the other things that we would validate is the kind of the insidious nature of addiction is it impacts the relationships that we have with other people, that that addiction cannot be isolated to just one individual. It does impact others. And so by valuing relationships, we acknowledge that um, when someone is struggling with an addiction, it's not just an isolated incident, and we want to encourage and, and support a person as they seek to repair and heal the relationships that have been impacted by the addiction. And we also want to validate those who have been hurt by the addiction, that we want to be with them in a way that offers hope and gives them space to be where they are. Um, we're, we're never going to push someone to move into a relationship um, we, we value relationships, but we also know that there's a component of safety and timing that have to be acknowledged. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we know that people are hurt in community or relationship mm-hmm. and, and thus our belief that people also heal in mm-hmm. relationship. And I think that's why we put so much emphasis on our group work and our workshops here, because it gives um, folks the uh, opportunity to practice mm-hmm. in relationship with other people who are also working on being safe. And so while we love marriages, for instance, and we're very pro-marriage and we want people to ideally be able to work 
through to a healthy marriage, we also know that that's not often possible for some, Mm -hmm. where there's not enough safety or an addiction hasn't been addressed, or there are some very harmful things that are going on in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So it gets us back to the individuals again, Mm -hmm. I think, which we first talked about is we start there for healing. Mm -hmm. And we hope that if two people are working on healing well, they will be able to come together in a much richer relationship. Mm -hmm. One one of the great resources on our staff are women who have been in the recovery journey themselves and have been working to to heal in their own marriages. So they just have an amazing sense of compassion and understanding to be with women that need space as they consider what their future relationship mm-hmm. is going to be, mm-hmm. that um, they're not going to be forced to move back towards something that at that point isn't right or isn't safe. And we have wise women that can be with them as they wait and pause to see what is possible. I always um, tell women who come to see me that, you know, I'm not a person that will give them advice about Mm -hmm. their marriage. Sometimes they ask me, you know, should I stay? Should I leave? And, you know, I I remind them that that really is not my decision to Mm -hmm. make ever for them. It's, you know, making any major decisions for anyone is not, not my agenda. Right. But helping walk along with them, listening to their pain, helping them figure out how to heal that and reframe some of their thought processes and um, to listen really to the spirit within them is a, is a huge part of where I like to help women listen to that voice that God is using within them to lead them to their right decision. And eventually they do, you know, and the, when they do, they feel peace about where they've landed, which is where, again, I think we all know we're listening carefully to God within us when what we end up doing provides peace for mm-hmm. our lives. So. Um, at any rate, I think we all work from that position where we're not advice givers per se. Right. We have ideas of things that have happened. We have suggestions sometimes, but ultimately uh, the women that we work with, we want to encourage to be able to listen carefully to what their next right mm-hmm. steps are. One, one thing that is true is that we do work with a population of men and women who have experienced divorce. We have men who because of their sexual acting out is experienced a divorce. We have women that um, that has either happened or that's the direction that they're going. And so we absolutely want to just meet people where they are. And we acknowledge that when there's been addiction and acting out, that there is relational chaos. And sometimes those relationships do end. And we just want to be with people in those spaces where relationships have ended. And there's not necessarily a desire or a hope that there could be repair. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we would say about relationships is that we value all relationships. So it's about being a parent. It's about um, being a, a son or a daughter. It's about being a coworker. Um, because when we become the men and women that God created us to be, it influences and impacts every um, relationship that we are in. And so we do want to support um, men and women who are parents and how they love their children well through a difficult situation, or also through um, just being a better co-worker or learning to be a more authentic son or daughter. I think one of the greatest things I loved about the recovery journey for myself was that as I began to put in place some of the new things that I was learning and changing some of the character and the choices I was making about things in my life, I found that I was becoming different in all my relationships. Mm -hmm. I was an employer. Mm -hmm. I um, had many employees working for me. I was a mom of three children. 
um, you know, just the way I was able to form friendships and certainly in my relationship with Mark, um, it everything felt like it was becoming more authentic and richer. Mm-hmm. And I love that about the process. So I say that too about relationships. When we look at all of our relationships, sometimes something we're working on uh, will show up not only in our marriage, but it will show up in our other relationships mm-hmm. as well. So um, sometimes if we don't want to keep looking at it with our spouse, we can go somewhere else and figure out, well, where else do I stop talking when I get afraid? Mm-hmm. Or where else do I get kind of explosive with my anger when I'm upset about something? Or generally speaking, our relationships are a great place to figure out what mm-hmm. we do. And there are, sometimes there are safer relationships where we can practice some of the changes that we're wanting to implement. So finding my voice with my boss or a coworker or I'm having a no with my child, learning to find those places in other relationships then can strengthen me to bring him to some of the relationships that are more difficult, whether it's a parent or my spouse. Um, but it's that, that unifying factor of how I relate um, comes out of who I am and then is brought to all of the relationships. So if I begin to change who I am, it changes how I relate to others. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure most people know this, but we'll say it anyway, is that our relationship with our spouse is going to be the one that's the most difficult mm-hmm. to work on changing our characters, our characteristics mm-hmm. that we might be more easily able to do in a workplace or with a child even. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just understandable that it takes a little bit longer and understandable when we feel like we're doing great everywhere but our marriage that that might make sense because mm-hmm. that will be the last place where maybe we're able to make some of those changes when one of the things that I was aware of um, there was a season early in recovery where Beth and I were separated and there really was no indication that there was hope that we were going to make it and in that season of separation I had a clear understanding that the work I did in recovery though it may not be enough to salvage my marriage, that it absolutely would make me a better dad. And and what I determined was I would be a better dad out of the house and in recovery than in the house and in my addiction. So for those out there who may be- believe that because of what has happened, that primary relationship of marriage may not be saved, it's not about giving up recovery because we don't do recovery to save a marriage. We do recovery to become the person that God created us to be. And whatever happens with the marriage, all of the other relationships still benefit from the work that we do. Well, a big amen to that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of hard to top that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to continue this, this conversation about values in, in the days to, to come. But is there anything as we think specifically about the fact that we value people and we value relationships, is there anything about who God is in that, that that we would want just to leave our listeners with? Well, I think for sure, I mean, God was in relationship Mm -hmm. uh, with his son and the Holy Spirit. And I I mean, the core of who God is and represents himself to be to us is is an indication of um, how how much he valued relationship and Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe as we work on becoming the best version of ourselves and how we can hopefully pull together, come, I mean, we'll never come close to how he did that. Mm-hmm. However, I think having that as a vision for mm-hmm. ourselves that we, we, can, we can work at and become and love ourselves more as our relationships are enriched and um, that we you know, are showing that become safer people and we're working on what it means to really be intimate and 
and to live out of our own lovedness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think when we we don't feel loved ourselves, I think we bring pain that affects everything mm-hmm. in our life, every relationship that we're in. And so, if we could start there with God's truth about that, that might uh, give us the opportunity to uh, be able to show up in a different way in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've talked about is that. Um, People matter to us because people matter to God. Relationships matter to us because relationships matter to God. And very much like you've said, is what we are hoping is that people begin to believe that for themselves, that I matter and that my relationships matter. And as I experience healing around some of those old wounds and begin to believe that I matter to God, then it does begin to transform the way that I live and the way that I relate. Well, thanks for being with us. Well, you're welcome. I was, I'm liking it more and more. Oh, good. Like He's looking, look at that. Although she did give me the look when you threw a question yeah. that you wasn't quite ready for. It's like, oh boy, here we go. And you did beautiful. Beautifully done. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us today on the Faithful and True podcast. Uh, we'd like to remind you uh, that if you're a man out there that's struggling with sexual purity issues, that we're here for you. We can help. Visit FaithfulAndTrue.com and uh, cl- click on the Men of Valor uh, workshops. We do that every month, and we'd love to have you come and visit us to see if we could help you along your healing journey. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Greg Miller. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we look forward to joining you again soon on the Faithful and True podcast. May this coming week be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and great vision.